and gentlemen, welcome back to another player profile and projection brought to you by the Shea Station guys. That's Jerry. I'm Jolly, and we're finishing up the trio of our DH candidates with probably the most interesting one here, in my opinion, and that's J.D. Davis. I, you know, doing a little bit of a deeper dive on J.D. Davis, I don't give him enough respect uh, for how good he is at the plate. Yeah, I think that we both had a very similar revelation when we like checked out his numbers and we were kind of like, damn, J.D. Davis can smack the ball when he's healthy, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, especially as a Met, like once we got him in 2019, he he balled out. He had an 895 OPS, um, slugging over 500, on base about 370, hit 307. Yeah. And then in uh, the, the COVID season of 2020, he hit 250, but he still had an OPS of 760. And then last year, he only played in 73 games, which was, you know, kind of odd, but he still, he hit 285. He on base percentage really high of 384. His slugging was down, but his OPS was 820. Like, yeah, I, he's better than I see. I like when I watch it on the field, I don't see the numbers. Like, it doesn't translate to me visually. And I, that's got to be on me. Like, I, I guess I just need to give him his respect. Again, the track record is short. Yeah. Like, it's only, you know, 225 plus games of production. So, Maybe that's it for me. Um, but for the most part, like, I feel like he's better than I think. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, Brody Van Wagenen gets a, a lot of slack in uh, his memory for the Robinson Cano trade, but he did two great deals during his tenure. He got us Miguel Castro, which was one, and he got us J.D. Davis for practically nothing here. And I mean, you know, Davis didn't play a lot the past couple of years. He played the full 2020 season, but obviously only 60 games there. But in 2019, he was that guy. He had 22 home runs in 2019. Uh, you know, obviously we think of J.D. Davis and we think of the play at third base. But now that we have Eduardo Escobar, that's not really going to factor into what we'll see out of J.D. Davis in 2022. And that makes me kind of excited because he is kind of an ideal D.H. here. And I think that the Mets will probably give him a solid nod. I know we talked about how Dom sort of gets boxed out in this scenario. But at the same time, I'm very happy that J.D. Davis is probably going to get a look in a role that he'll probably feel the most comfortable he's been in in the entirety of his big league career yeah I think he is your guy without a position he's got a cannon for an arm and there was always this you know he looks like he can play some defense just hasn't really panned out for him he's going to be age 29 this year um and if you're not good at defense by now you're not going to get good yeah you know what I mean that's a good way to articulate it yeah, and so um, with the DH coming to both leagues, like his career is set to be pretty, you know, this is going to be a better time for him now. Um, that being said, like, th- like we have this three-headed monster of guys that just, we don't know how to get them consistent ABs. We're looking at, we're looking at um, Robinson Cano. Does he deserve the ABs that he's going to get? We'll see. Uh, Dom Smith, can he produce in a limited run and with his reverse splits when do you get him does he get consistent at bats and then you got jd davis who you know i think is going to mash if he get if he stays healthy and he gets consistent abs i i think that's kind of been a proven thing for these last three years um so it'll be interesting yeah i definitely think that uh one thing i want to notice that 
Davis has been remarkably consistent ever since he got here. From 2019 to 2020, those seasons combined, 129 OPS plus. Last year, 126 OPS plus. From 2019 to 2020 combined, 288 batting average. Last year, 285 batting average. So, I mean, Davis, you know what you're going to get out of this guy as a hitter. I mean, we always kind of listed him as a wild card as a defender, but now that we don't have to worry about that, I'm really excited to see him as a DH. I also thought it was interesting because we mentioned that like he'll be the lefty masher, so to speak. But last season, Davis was actually better against right-handed pitching than he was against left-handed pitching. Uh, in 2021, he had a 304 batting average and an 877 OPS against righties, just a 241 and 687 against lefties. So I think that notion that we kind of detailed in previous episodes might not actually be exactly correct. Um, I think that those numbers kind of get skewed after you factor in the left-hand injury that he had pretty much all season he and Dom both kind of came back prematurely to help the team that needed the depth as much as possible but both of these guys are going to be completely healthy going into this season so I'm really interested here yeah career-wise he's he's kind of down the middle lefties and righties um he's slightly bats a little bit of a higher average of 273 versus righties but he slugs you know minuscule above his OPS is you know like 13 points higher against lefties. Like it's pretty even split. And so it's not your, your typical like guy pinch hit versus a righty comes in left-handed and he just crushes. He's a guy that's just going to produce. And so that's a good, that's what you want out of a DH, a guy that you can plug in that you don't have to worry about who's pitching that day. You're just going to get JD Davis. And so here's another guy that deserves at bats and here, here's the thing like here's where I fit with him Dom Smith uh, Dom Smith is a guy that deserves a shot at being a consistent player um, JD Davis is going to produce I believe a little bit more consistently I think he's shown and then so I, I don't know what they're gonna do I think that's a, a an interesting caveat to watch see how they deploy these guys so you know uh i don't know i don't know it, it would be so much better for the world if he could just be serviceable in some position right um, but it's just not in the cards yeah and i think that um i think it's a really funny scenario that the mets have two reverse splits designated hitter options here i think it's just pretty funny it's very mets of them just in general well, again uh, you you just say reverse splits that was last year yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had reverse splits of lefties and righties in my career. I don't consider myself a reverse split guy no, just because I don't of, either. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I would say he's more of a well-rounded hit from both sides. I think, I think yeah. he's pretty standard as far as I can hit both guys. I think there's two things that make him my personal favorite candidate to just win the designated hitter job outright and get the most at bats of these trios. Um, one is the fact that you mentioned he was the most well-rounded between righties and lefties. Another thing is that Davis has always had a really good walk percentage in his career. He's a very, a very valuable on base guy. Uh, last season in 2020, uh, 13.5 walk percentage, uh, 2021, 11.4 walk percentage. So even if Davis isn't mashing for high slugging numbers, like you mentioned, he wasn't really against righties last season. He's always going to bring that element to the table of getting on base. And he'll probably be batting lower in the lineup. I imagine around the seven or eight hole. So that's good to, table set for the top of the lineup as well what it, I'm, I'm trying to find where they're there they are the the strikeout percentages right he still strikes out quite a bit which is shocking with that quite on base percentage yeah um but i think that goes to show 
like a consistency. I think it shows that if a, if a player pitcher makes a mistake, he's going to mash it and he's up there trying to do damage. And, and um, that, I like that. We need a guy that can do damage. We talked about it last night uh, on SNY a little bit on how much we're going to rely on the power of Pete Alonzo. We really don't have a big heavy hitter, like we were, we were banking on that Kyle Schwarber really pushing for that guy. I think J.D. Davis might not be that home run masher, but a, a high slugging guy is kind of what we're looking for, a guy that's going to go up there and, and damage pitches that get left in the middle. I think it's so interesting, the contrast between the DH options that we have. Like so much of the talk in the Cano and Dom episodes was, what are we going to get out of these guys? What version of these guys are we going to see? Where I think that if you look at J.D. Davis's stats, uh, regardless of how much he plays, that's probably what you're going to get. His strikeout numbers have been consistent over his career, his walk percentage that I mentioned before, the slugging and on base. Like, it's all pretty linear the past three years for J.D. Davis. And I think that kind of consistency will be very valuable to the Mets. But at the same time, like... I want to see what Dom is capable of this year. I want to see what he's like without that right shoulder injury. Um, But at the same time, I want to see what Davis is like without his injury too. Uh, In his first 15 games before he went on the IL last year, a 405 batting average, uh, 619 slugging. And then his numbers kind of came back down to earth once he returned from injury. Whether or not that was premature, we don't really know. He was. But... He still was hurt. You could tell. Yeah, he played I'm hurt. Sure. He tried to. He tried to push through it. We had a lot of guys really try to push through it and just come up short because they felt the pressure. They wanted to contribute. You know, that's a that's a thing, man. These, these guys are warriors, and they you, there's a fine line between sitting out and making yourself healthy because you're not helping the team and trying to push through something. And you just don't know what version you're going to get. And so a lot of guys err on the side of, of trying to just play through it. And he just wasn't as effective. So I'm excited for him this year. I think, I think a key for him is going to be that strikeout rate where like in um, 2019, it was like just above 21%. Yep. And then last year it was 32%, which is I, I think the injury high. probably catapulted that for sure. I th- Absolutely. I think, yeah. You know, he was just, yeah. So um I, I think he's the more I look into it, the more he might be my guy to be that consistent, you know, that consistent DH over Cano and over Dom, you know, Dom can fill in and do whatever. And I want him, I just want Dom to have a shot. Yeah. I want him to get, you know, 400 plus at bats. Um, but if I'm putting together this lineup and trying to win, especially win early, I think JD Davis might be the guy to go in. It's so interesting. Cause it's like, who's going to come out of the gates hot and like, who's going to, another important thing that I feel like we're not talking about is who's going to just to the designated hitter role the best because it's kind of like a learning curve for a lot of these guys that are used to going out in the top of the inning and playing the field for three outs or whatever and I think that like I think some guys will take it better in stride I think JD Davis is one of those guys that I think will enjoy just hitting because that's always what he's done the best whereas a guy like Dom you know who's always been a very clean cut first baseman and really good at playing the field he might not take it in stride as well but at, at the end of the day it's kind of just a mental thing between those guys but Either way, I'm really excited to see who comes out on top because I think one of these three guys has to click at the end of the day. One of them I'm has worried. To. I'm worried that they're going to try to get all these guys involved and kind of play back and forth, and none of them are going to be successful. So I'm, I, I don't know what to do. I think I might just hand the job to J.D. Davis and let him do it. It's, I don't think that's going to happen, but 
I said the same thing about Dom because I think I just want Dom because of how unreal he was in that COVID season. But again, I, I've been I've been doing this where I'm not counting the COVID season against so many guys. I can't weight it so heavily on Dom either. Exactly. That's not fair. It's like picking and choosing. But I, he's just such a likable person. Uh, I think I just want him to, to, to succeed so much. But if I'm trying to be this impartial race, you know, emotion analyst, analytic front office guy, I think J.D. Davis might be my guy because I know he's going to be, you talked about it in the DH role. He's just going to be like, oh, finally, like yeah. I don't have to bring my glove to the field today. Like, I love it. So I, I found it interesting that the 2022 steamer projection doesn't exactly love jd davis this year uh which was kind of shocking to me 305 plate appearances a 245 batting average 335 on base 428 slugging just a 110 ops plus and 11 home runs so i think that either one they're imagining that a lot of the dh time will be split up between these three guys and one guy won't outright win the role for that jd davis might not be the hitter that he's shown the past three years which i don't entirely believe because not much of jd davis's approach has changed other than those high strikeout numbers from last year and that was probably because of his hand injury so yeah i mean this they're they're 300 at bats here for steamer 305 at bats that's not that's not a good enough sample size and that's not consistent ab's unless they're projecting him to get hurt so i i'm I think I'm going to err on the side of uh, something more closer to who I think he is. And I think he's going to be a better productive hitter than that. Yeah. I, I I'm a little perplexed by it. Um, and I also think the Mets have an interesting case here. Cause we mentioned in the Dom episode about potential destinations for Dom Smith after this season. Like, does he play up his value? Do the Mets trade him high? Does he not live up to expectations? Do they trade him low? A similar case can kind of be made here for J.D. Davis, who has less control than Dom Smith going into this season. And I think that one of these guys will become a trade chip in some capacity. And I think the best world scenario is if both of these guys ball out in the DH spot and the Mets have options for what they want to do going forward. Um, with that being said, JD Davis, this is a big year for him going forward. There's a lot to prove this year. Can he stay on the field? Can he stay healthy? And can he be the guy he was in 2019 that we leaned really heavily on in the second half towards that, uh, playoff push that we had. So it's going to be interesting. I agree. Um, do you, you want to dive deeper into the projections or you want to go into the over-unders? I like my over-unders. So I think let, let's dive in. Let's, All let's right. I'll let you, you go first on the over-under. Okay. My big thing here, I almost switched it to uh, the strikeout percentage, but I think we kind of ironed that out to being sort of linked to the injury there. I want to talk about slugging percentage a little bit, because I mentioned before, J.D. Davis always has these nice walk numbers. His on-base numbers will always be up because of that. The big thing that you mentioned, like how you guys talked in SNY, is can J.D. Davis be a guy that can protect a guy like Pete Alonso in the lineup if he does win the DH job? Uh, in 2019, he had an outrageous 527 slugging percentage that propelled his OPS plus up to a career high. In the past two years, it's been 389 and 436. So while the on-base numbers have been really, really good, 371 from 2020, 384 from 2021, that's the kind of stuff that's like Nimmo level if we're really talking about it. The slugging numbers have been down. So I'm going to set my over under at 450 for his slugging percentage. I think that if he can chip that in with his normal on-base numbers, he's going to be a really productive hitter for the Mets but a lot of that probably is going to come from you know doubles I don't really picture JD Davis as this big home run guy I see him in a similar light to Dom like you know a gap to gap hitter who attacks one side of pitching and can really hit for a lot of doubles so I'm going to set it at 450 but I'm going to let you answer first 
Man, I, I don't I don't know what to do here. I, I've been thinking about this DH position and like all things being equal, you only have about 650 to 700 ABs to spread. And we have three guys there. You know, you're going to get some some Robbie Cano at second base. I mean, we saw him at first base. That was weird. I hope that doesn't happen. That was I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know what they're going to do. J.D. Davis can play a little bit of third base here and there. Uh, Dom obviously is good at first base, but I don't know what they're going to do, but I am going to take on the 450 slugging. I am going to take the under the under under, man. I just don't see how they're going to get him his ABs. Like, I don't, I don't know, honestly, because my number Gosh, this is a good one because like my, my, my over under, let me, let's circle back. Let's do something we haven't done before. So I might change my answer. I'm going to, let's do my over under first. You've already revealed yours as a slugging percentage of 450. Right. I am going to go home runs. So they're kind of linked. I like this. We didn't even talk about this. Great. (laughs) We need them out of somebody outside of, of Pete Alonzo. Right. Where are we going to get him? Who's going to hit homers? Starling Marte is not a home run hitter. What's his most? He had like 12 or 17 or he something. He had 12 last year. He's been a 20 guy before, but I, they're not expecting him to be that guy. Brandon Nimmo, not a home run hitter. Nope. Jeff McNeil had a good home run year, but he's not a home run hitter. No. I don't think. Lindor can hit some home runs. We're going to expect some more, but we saw what the worst case scenario looks like in last year. Eduardo Escobar, Escobar, he can be a home run hitter. He's not your typical home run hitter. Right. Uh, Mark Canna is the same. He's an on-base percentage, you know, gap-to-gap guy. So we need some power here. And so my over-under, the the 2019 season might be, it's I don't think it's peak, but it's his peak so far. Mm. And he had 22 homers and 22 doubles. That's your, you're pointing to the slugging percentage. I'm going to set the, the, this is crazy. So 22 homers last year, he hit five. Yeah. The year before 2020 he hit six. And then that's it. The four home runs in 17, one and 18. Those are limited games. Yeah. But in the only, the only season that he's hit 50 plus games, the most he's hit is 22. I think we're going to need 15 plus out of him. Yeah. So I'm going to set the over under on 15 14 and a half okay so i'm glad you didn't say 20 because i would have hammered the under easily i don't think davis is that guy and i think that the mets can cobble together a nice team slugging percentage if a a guy like mcneil can give you 15 a guy like eddie gives you 20 a guy like lindor gives you 20 and a guy like jd gives you 15 like he mentioned it is going to be hinging on how many games does jd play he's only played over 75 games once in his career that was in 2019 and that was when he hit 22 home runs. So I think if Davis can get on the field a lot, and if he, this is how he wins the DH job in my mind, this is because we have a lot of on-base guys. We have a lot of guys that offer that in this lineup already between Nimmo and Kenna and Marte. We don't need that from Davis. We need the high slugging number. So I think that with Davis in this new role where he doesn't have to play the field and he can just focus on refining his hitting approach, I'm feeling optimistic about him. I am going to take the over on 14.5 home runs, and I am going to take the over on my 450 slugging percentage because I am optimistic that J.D. Davis is going to adapt to the designated hitter role the best of any of these guys as much as I love Dom, Uh, and I think that he's going to run away with it after the first two months. That's my take. 
I love it, man. Gosh, I, I, I kind of don't want to beat around the bush here a little bit, but I'm going to. It's a kind of an experiment, what we're doing here with this lineup, right? Yes, it's this on-base heavy. I love it. I absolutely love the idea of guys that just hit the baseball, put it in play, make stuff happen. Very Buck Showalter, have... in my opinion. Very Buck Showalter. Yeah, Walter. man. You know, even though he was kind of a late addition and Epler just put this team together and, you know, it's, it's interesting and I love it. And then you have like the contrast of what they're doing in Philly with, with Harper, although Harper's just a beast anyway. Um, then you have like Reese Hoskins, you have Kyle Schwarber, you have these guys that mash homers. Um, I think it's, it's smart because the Phillies built their team around their ballpark and we kind of built our team around all of our, our ballpark. Cause like, it's hard to hit home runs at city field. That's been proven hard to hit home runs at Marlins park. Like yeah. there's, there's, there's places for it. So I think I'm just going to be a, a realist here and I'm going to take the under uh, on okay. your slugging percentage. And I'm going to take the over. Oh, I'm going to take the, hold on. Can I do, can I <laughs> I've do never both? seen you quarrel this hard, man. I know because I just don't, I'm going to take the under on both. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to just t- hammer the under, not hammer the under. I'm going to take the under on both. Okay. I'm very not in my convictions, but if I'm going back and forth, I might as well do the opposite of what you did so I can have bragging rights over you for the rest of course. Of, the rest of, course. of the season. This is the most polarizing I think we've been on an over-under. Like it is. The, it's, yeah. it's because we both really want the Mets to do well, and we both think J.D. Davis is a good hitter. I just don't know if they're going to find a way to just be like, here's your job. This is it. No bullshit. No, none of that. Just here, get your, get your ABs and have your numbers tally where they are. I just don't see it happening. It's going to be really interesting to see how this DH job unfolds. I mean, uh, less than a week from opening day, we still have pretty much no idea what Buck is going to do. So I'm glad that we did all three of these guys basically in a row to really dive into the topic <laughs> itself. Cause now I'm more confused than I was when we started. So I know. Cool. I think his JD Davis is, is his plate appearances are everything to me. And I think he he's going to get under 300 is ah. my, is my guess. That's not far off. I don't think, I mean, steamer has him at three Oh five. So I, that's what I think I'm going to take the under and I think he deserves to have more, but I just think they're going to try to, to keep all these guys after a uh, barring injury, obviously, like I don't see him getting the ABs. It's going to be about finding which guys succeed in which roles, which splits their best against and just having them stick in those spots. I think that's the most successful way you can go. We, we talk about one of them winning the job and running away with it. But in reality, the best version of the 2022 Mets involves all three of them, all of them succeeding in different roles. So we'll see how that works. It's going to be a tough job to fill all of them, but I'm excited to see what Buck does. I am too, man. It, it's going to be interesting. This is a this is going to be an important role. Uh, all three guys have some type of claim to the to the the throne of the DH, and so um, I'm kind of happy I'm not making that decision right now. Yeah, me neither. Thank you for listening to the latest player <laughs> profile and projection. There are just three left on our calendar. This has been a lot of fun, but it will unfortunately come to a close soon, but stay tuned. And by the time that we talk to you last, it'll be opening day and we can talk about regular old Mets baseball. I'm excited for it. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets, baby. Stay tuned. We'll see you tomorrow.